it's uh, it's great to be here this morning, and we have some special guests with us. Um, Carrie and Kim Breen. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're uh, some pretty significant folks around here that mean a lot to us. Um, not just because I married their daughter. <laughs> not just because of that, but um, I know that both of them have touched so many lives in this room um, and, and over the years. And so it's cool to have you guys with us this morning. I know made your daughter cry when you showed up with the coffee. I don't know if it was the, uh, the Starbucks or if it was you being here, but you did make her cry. The combo, um, that was pretty good. Um, but we are, uh, we are celebrating our mothers this morning, and it's always one of those things, and I'm sure Pastor Kerry knows more about how to do this on a Mother's Day. He's had more Mother's Days that he's had to preach. Um, so there's always a dilemma on these special days, Mother's Day, Father's Day, uh, the Sunday near July 4th, uh, one near, all, do you preach the theme of that holiday, or do you just preach, <clears throat> excuse me, preach what you're preaching? And so, thank you, Darrell, as he goes and gets another, that's, that's serving her good. Um, I've decided just to continue on with the series that we're in, um, so if you came to hear a Mother's Day specific message, I do apologize, but I would probably, I could point you to some others that you could download on iTunes, I'm sure. It would bless your soul. Um, but we, um, I do want to mention mothers. Some of, you, some of you guys, if you think about this morning, your mothers, everybody has a mother. You can't get here without a mom. Um, and so generally in, in our society, mothers are some of the most significant uh, caregivers and, and people in our lives. Um, we know that uh, there's an epidemic of absentee fathers in our society, and there's surely, surely some people have had some mothers that weren't so great, and that's part of being in a fallen world. I mean, people are flawed individuals and humans, so, but, but a lot of times mothers carry the burden. They, they carry the load, and they do a lot of things, and they sometimes play mother and father, and um, so we really are in debt to our mothers, but I want you to think about your own mother for a second. She may be in the room for a few of you. Okay, um, she may not, she may be in heaven. Um, she may be not with us. I don't know. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of pain when we think about our families. Sometimes um, there's some some joyful memories. There's sometimes mixed emotions. And um, when you think about your mother, um, some of you've had mothers that were really really great. Um, they were perfect, but they were great. And um, you might even say, like I could say for Cassie that her mom's her best friend. Um, and so I always have to kind of but in there because, you know, her mom is pretty close and they're best friends. And I've tried to be best friend, but it's all blue space. You got more than one best friend. You can have many BFFs. So, um, but her, her and her mom are really close. And that's a cool thing. That's a really neat thing. Um, I would hope that my daughters have a bond with their mother as well, just like that. And um, you may think the other way, though. Maybe you uh, are not very close to your mother for one reason or another. I don't know why, but maybe... Uh, things happen. Maybe it was a difficult home environment. Um, I, I myself, I would say I'm neither close nor not close to my mom. And I, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. I don't know. But, um, I'm just being honest with you guys. Um, I love my mother, um, but I don't know that I'm super close to her. But I don't. I would say of all my brothers, I'm probably the closest. So it's an interesting dynamic we have in our homes sometimes. Um, you might have a mother that you full disclosed everything to. Yeah, I went on, you know, had this happened, this, you know, terrible stuff, but you felt open and honest about, you could just share it with your mom. Some of you may have had a mother where you, 
you hedged everything. You hid everything. You put on a, uh, you know, a mask, so to speak. Um, sons are great too. Um, so maybe I don't know what your 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 home environment was. I can say for mine, I didn't always feel comfortable sharing things with my mother. Anybody with with me on that? All right, thank you, Drill. Oh shoot, she might be listening. I mean, uh, the other Darrell that started coming to church. No, but it's real. Hey, um. Sometimes, I mean, I, we love our mothers, not that we don't love them, but sometimes it's just, it's, we have a challenge in that relationship of how do we be honest, and sometimes it's, it's really an epidemic of other relationships as well. Maybe we're really private in, in the first place, and so there's some dynamics there in our relationship with our mom. We just don't feel like, how can I share this, these things with my mom, and how can I be honest and open with this person? And um, in, in those dynamics in our relationship, thank you, bud. Um, uh-huh. you'll, you'll see in a second. I forgot to bring it out here. Um, we, we may have a, we may, it may spill out into our other relationships. This is what I'm saying. So we want to talk this morning. We're, we're in a series called What Would Jesus Undo? There was a bracelet that we used to wear when I was in high school. I didn't really wear them, but a lot of people did. What would Jesus do? It was like a little popular thing people did. Um, but we're looking at things Jesus would undo, the things that broke his heart, the things that uh, he specifically looked at in Scripture and said, this is not right. Now, obviously, there's things, all sorts of sin and these things, but these are the things Jesus really railed against. And one of them we're going to look at this morning is hypocrisy. And I mentioned all the things about our mothers because I know with my mom, there was a, there's a level of hypocrisy in my relationship with her because I didn't feel like I could be honest with her. Does that make sense? I didn't yeah. feel like I could fully disclose what I was going through. Maybe because I thought my mom had it all together. My mom has, she was, she's a pretty cool person. She's got a lot of, I mean, she had a, people highly respected my mother in the church. She was like, man, Sharon Sundell, man, she's got it going on. And so maybe I thought, well, man, I'm not that great. You know, I mean, she knew all the stuff I'm struggling with, man, this, this would go bad, you know? And I wanted, to, I didn't want to disappoint her. I didn't want to let her down. I didn't want to have her think otherwise about who I was. I wanted her to be proud of me. I wanted her, you know, so I didn't want to be honest about the things I struggled with. And sometimes this is true in our relationships, not just with our mothers, but all the way around. And so we're going to talk about hypocrisy this morning. It's not an easy subject to talk about. Um, it's not an easy subject to deal with. We've talked about it. If you want to go back, we did, there was a message on that back in November. If you want to go check it out and listen to it, we talked about how to deal with hypocrites when we were that relational vampire series. But we're going to just look at it again this morning. And um, this is something that Jesus was against. He was clearly against hypocrisy. And um, we're going to look at why that was and what we can do about it. You know, maybe you know a hypocrite. Maybe you're sitting next to one. Uh, maybe you won't, don't want to point fingers. Um, maybe you are one. But the number one complaint non-Christians have about Christians is they're a bunch of hypocrites, right? Um, I've mentioned this before, but in this book, Unchristian, um, it's a Barna book. Um, it came out just a little bit while, a while ago. It said 85% of young non-church goers, people that aren't in our church this morning, would see Christians as hypocritical. That's their view. When you go knock on a door, hey, come to Journey Church. Oh, you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. If people are non-churchgoers, 85% of them in their head think, yeah, Christians are hypocrites. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. It's a high percentage. But the crazy thing is 50%, half of young churchgoers, um, people that come to church, think Christians are hypocrites. Mm-hmm. They're here anyways. So maybe there's a little hope even when you knock on a the door, they'll come anyway even though they know you're a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes... Um, 
little comeback that pe- people or church people say, hey, you don't come to church because it's full of hypocrites. Well, hey, we have room for one more, you know. That's the burn. That's the church burn that you give them, you know. Right? You heard that one? Right? Well, yeah, there's always room for one more, you know. You know, there's always room for one more. And, and I'm sure that really blesses people's hearts. And they're like, okay, I'll come. You got me. Yeah, you know. Probably not. I don't know if that ever won somebody to church, but that's a little church burn that we do sometimes. Um, but the reality is sometimes people um, have experienced hip- hypocrisy in such a way that it has hurt them deeply. And we got to own that, even if we didn't do it. Um, we look at the Catholic Church. You may not be Catholic, but they represent an arm of Christianity. You look at some of these other things, scandals that come out in the news. That's maybe not you, but that represents an arm of some branch of Christianity. Yeah. And so we have to be honest about that, that maybe somebody really was deeply wounded in a church. And that sometimes is the story you you get when you talk with somebody. You dig a little deeper, and their, their anger against God is not really against God. It's against their experience in a church. And so we got to own that and be willing. Uh, honestly, you can apologize even if you didn't do it. Do you know that? You can be, apologize on behalf of other people and say, I am sorry that your experience was so rough. I'm sorry that Christians hurt you. I'm sorry that happened to you. And be genuine and honest about that. And so I think that's important to remember um, that we don't just, oh, yeah, we have room for one more hypocrite. Come join it. But maybe maybe step into that space where people are hurting or been hurt and say, you know what, I acknowledge that. And it was real. And, and I'm sorry that happened because that's, that's, that's so wrong. You know, and that's not who Jesus is. That's not what we stand for. That's not, you know, and we don't want to belittle people's experience and then expect them to come hang out with us. Uh, we want to we honor that in, in a way that, that brings honor to Jesus. Uh, there's a theologian named Brennan Manning. He said it this way. He said that the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out of the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Now, I want to define this morning what hypocrisy is not before we kind of step into what it is. Uh, number one, hypocrisy is not the disparity between what we do and what we wish we did. It's not the disparity between what we do and what we wish we did. You know, sometimes people define hypocrisy as, as uh, what the Bible would call sin. Sin in the, in the Greek language is hamartia, which is an archer's term of, of aiming at a target and missing the mark. I'm trying to hit this, and Dane got himself a pellet gun, and they got some bow and arrows there out in the backyard aiming at this target. And they were tearing it up. They're doing pretty good. And so they're aiming at the target. And when they don't quite hit the bullseye, that's hamartia. That's where you don't hit the target. Maybe you went over here and you're way over there. Maybe you missed it a little bit. Uh, you missed the mark. And sometimes people mistakenly define hypocrisy as sin. Sin is sin and it's wrong, but hypocrisy is something different than sin. So let's be clear about that this morning. Sometimes people, in an effort not to be a hypocrite, will not even aim or say there is no target. So that's what society does. Hey, there's really no right or wrong. I really haven't been trying anyways. I don't really have a, a direction or anything. I'm not really giving any effort. So I, I'm not a hypocrite because I wasn't even trying in the first place. I wasn't even going to live for a standard. I even wasn't going to aspire to be anything in my life. So now I won't be a hypocrite. That's the cheap way out of being a hypocrite is to not stand for anything, not live for anything, not have any, any purpose, not have any sort of values. That, so when you, don't, when you don't get quite there, then people can't you know, rail against you. Because I, I wasn't living for anything anyway. See, at least I'm not a hypocrite. No, no, no. That just means you don't really have any sort of maturity. You're not trying to be something in your life. So anybody that wants to aim for a target is going to miss. 
So as a Christian, we're going to miss. We're going to get it off. That's, that's called sin. And so Jesus has died on the cross already to forgive our sin, to cleanse us of that, and to give us his righteousness. So as we sin, we confess our sins, and we're faithful and just to forgive us. Hypocrisy is something different, though. And, and, and so I had this written down. When I was in my, my master's degree, I was in this class, a spiritual formation class, and I really struggled with, uh, we were supposed to come up with this big portfolio like you do in master's stuff. They all these portfolios and brag compile all this stuff and this big writing thing. And part of it was like, what are your values in life? What are your, you know, and these are all targets, right? And I struggle because I'm like, well, I don't want to say that being this is my value because I hardly ever am that. You know, like I value being a, a something of integrity. Well, I know in my heart I'm not always a person of integrity, so how is that my value? And so my professor's like, well, you know what? Your values are what you aspire to be. It's called aspirational values. This is what I want to be. This is who I, I truly in my heart want to be. And, and so when we, when we have an aspiration of, of being something and we miss it, that's not hypocrisy. I want to be a, a kind person. Today I screamed at somebody, oh, you're a hypocrite. No, the problem, here's the here's hypocrite. When we go around pretending that we're kind and covering over our sin and making a show of and, and trying to protect ourselves from ever looking vulnerable and looking like we don't miss we don't hit the mark. That's hypocrisy. So hypocrisy is not the disparity between what we do and what we wish we do. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. So when we show everybody that we're so great, oh I never miss. Oh I'm always hitting the you know uh, Dane had a coach one time he's like oh yeah you know you don't know how to run the option I was running the option when I was five years old you know like Okay, you know, I mean, seriously, no, you weren't. I mean, he, he, you know, he, he was perfect at everything, apparently. And so all these kids were just, you know, how do you ever screw up? How do you ever drop the ball? You know, I'll call it every pass ever, you know, I'm sure, right? That, that's where people see through that. When what we show and what we, what we, the mask, and I brought Chewy out here. We put Chewy on. Um, this is the only mask I had, so. No, that's your job. All right, so we put a mask on, and what we're showing the world what we're showing the world is not who we really are. We, we spend so much time on the mask and no real time on the inside of what we're trying to become. So really it becomes not about aiming and hitting the target. Maybe, okay, I need to, man, I got it wrong this time. Thank you, Lord, for grace. Now I'm going to try to really get back on it. But you know what? I'm going to spend a lot of time here just showing the world that I really did hit it. That means we're going to redo the target and poach, punk up poke a hole into it, we come up there, hey, I did, I got the bullseye. Instead of actually working on our archery, working on our aim, trying to get better, we spend all this time trying to, in the show, trying to covering up. The word um, hypocrisy comes from the Greek theater. It means to put on a mask. That's really what it means. And so that's what we're talking about this morning. It's not when we fall short of what we aspire to be. It's when we fall short and then cover everything over and, and pretend like we are the perfect person. And we still have it all together. And we are... We, we got it together. It's the difference between our public persona and our private character. When we put this public image of ourselves out there to the world, that we are great, we are this, we have it all together, and then behind the mask, behind the public persona, we're, we're struggling and we're nowhere near what we are talking about. There in the church, there's the angry hypocrite. I don't smoke, I don't chew, I don't go with girls who do. Never heard? That was an old school one, right? You know? Angry, you know, all these sinners, and then in their own life, they're just, you know, struggling just as much. But there's an angry hypocrite. Everybody just railing against society. 
railing against these people, railing, you know what? That's the end. There's a happy hi hypocrite. Praise the Lord, brother. Hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> all right, but God's good all the time, you know? And you got that guy, but he's like depressed at his house and, you know, he's really dealing with things, but he's always, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, you know? All these little masks that we put up and we can't really deal with who we are. This is hypocrisy. This is what Titus 1.16 says. Uh, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They, Jesus spoke directly against this. Giving to be seen. It's a show. You shouldn't give to be seen. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Fasting to impress. Oh, look at me. I'm so spiritual. Da, 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 da. You know, is that what the point of fasting is? So that you can show people how spiritual? No. Jesus spoke against praying to be heard. Look at my elaborate prayer. You know, I'm so spiritual. Wow, brother, you really know the King James pretty well. That's great. Um, criticizing others than doing the same thing. You know, that's kind of funny how we do that. We get at other people. We do the same thing. So Jesus all the time was against those who were hypocrites, those who took advantage of the poor. Think about the money changers in the temple. The temple was supposed to be a place of prayer, a place of worship, a place to come and before God and have God search their hearts and, and to become holy people. Instead, it had become a business. And they were robbing the poor people that were coming. And there was this whole elaborate system. And Jesus didn't just come in and say, you know what, guys, come on, you know, seriously. I mean, really? Come on. He came in and got mad, flipped the tables. He went nuts on them. <clears throat> Jesus, the holy and righteous God, comes and goes nuts on these people. They, wow, Jesus, calm down. I mean, that's not Jesus of you to, to be so angry. But Jesus was angry against the hypocrisy of the whole thing. We're not helping people know God. We're robbing them blind. And so he came against the hypocrites very harshly. Matthew 23, you'll find this in, in Scripture, the seven woes. And this is something we're not going to be able to read all of it this morning. But it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of, dead, of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? That's pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. I think sometimes we need to hear harsh language from Jesus to shake us out of our hypocrisy. Because hypocrisy can be a trap that we get in and we don't even realize we're in it. It becomes a lifestyle that we get in that we don't even know how to escape. Because we've created an image. We've created a persona. We have this thing going, and, and, and we've got to protect it at all costs. And Jesus came for the souls of these people, for, the, for loving the Pharisees, even though he was harsh, and he loved them. And the only way to get their attention was harsh language. I have to get through to you guys because you're, not, you're totally, not only are you messing your own life, you're, you're preaching this to everyone else in Israel, and this is not the way to know God. Jesus didn't say, woe to you who are imperfect. Woe to you. you. You made a mistake. You sinned. No, he said, woe to you who clean the outside and, and neglect the inside. You work so hard to cover over your sin. You want to look good on the outside. You're dirty on the inside. You want public virtue, but you have private vices in your life. He wasn't calling out the sin. He was calling out the show in their life. That's what Jesus has come against. That's what he would want to undo in our life. He didn't say, Woe to you who say a cuss word. Even though, should we go around cussing people out? No. I hope you know that. I mean, but you know what? 
that's not what Jesus was railing against, right? He didn't say, what are you who watched a bad show on TV one time? Even though, I mean, come on, let's, let's check ourselves, right? But it's the people that do these things and then cover it all over and say, no, 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 I'm, I'm Mr. Great Christian. I'm Mrs. Great Christian. Look at me. And with pride in their heart, want to stand up above everybody else and say, no, 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 I got it together and look at these lowly people. It's, it's the attitude of the heart that Jesus was coming against. You know, social media is a breeding ground for hypocrisy. We can hashtag everything. We can make it all look great. We can put a filter on it, right? The Clarendon filter on Instagram or whatever it is. I, I, I Instagrammed something yesterday the first time. I screwed it up, too. I wanted to do multiple pictures, and Cecilia wasn't there to help me, and I just did one, and then she's like, that looks depressing. I'm like, well, I wanted the happy picture first, but it didn't get on there because I didn't click multiple pictures. But we can Instagram our, our hypocrisy, you know? Get that little nice picture, husband and wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. And then, like, you actually are constantly arguing and you don't have any intimacy in your marriage, but you got a good picture and you got that out there. Maybe you, you Instagram your devotion. I'm just loving God this morning, you know? And then actually, you spent more time on the Instagram than the actual Bible reading and prayer, you know? Um, it, it, can be, it can be a way that we can, we can solidify the hypocrisy in our life. And Jesus has had zero tolerance for hypocrisy. But he had unlimited grace for sinners in need of forgiveness. Hear that this morning. He had zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but unlimited grace for sinners in need of forgiveness. And if we come to him as a sinner in need of forgiveness, he has unlimited grace for us. When we come to him as righteous people, look at me, Jesus. I'm a pretty good Christian. He has has no tolerance for that. Because our righteousness is not in ourselves; It's in him. Our righteousness comes from his spirit working in our hearts, changing us anyway. So we need to check ourselves this morning. Maybe you, you, know, you think, I'm actually really sending this message to so-and-so, right? We need to check ourselves because really all these things should make us uncomfortable. Because yeah. all of us have a measure of hypocrisy in our lives. Every person here. We all do. I do. We all do. But we need to look in the mirror and we need to say, Lord, show me those things in my life where I'm trying to cover over and I'm not willing to bring before you. Where I'm trying to present this appearance to the world or maybe it's just one person maybe it's a group of people maybe it's in this setting i try to present this thing and it's not even at all true at all it's not even really what's going on maybe i'm trying to hide things from people i'm not willing to to really deal with the things i'm I'm going through i want to be this person but i'm not there yet and i don't know how to get there matthew 23 25 and 26 here's the hope for the hypocrite jesus continues on and says woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you clean the outside in the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. And he says this, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside will also be clean. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside will also be clean. First let God deal with your heart, then your outside behavior will follow. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. First let the Spirit have access to our heart, and let him have true access to who we are. Not just church access. Oh, I'm at church. Praise the Lord. Raise my hands. But true and honest every day of the week. God, I want you to work on me because I need work. You know, I don't want to stay the same person and, you know, be the same little Christian I was 15 years ago. And I have the same old Christian phrases. And I know how to get through all the, the you know, I know how to do it. But I want to be the person you want me to be. And I can't do that without your help. God's been showing me some things in my life recently that just don't belong. 
and he's been working on me. I'm, I'm be honest with you. We're all a work in progress, right? Yes. We can't we can't just put up a show. It's so easy when you're a pastor. So easy because everybody thinks, oh, pastors, they're they're great people, right? Pastors hopefully have something together, right? You don't want your pastor to be the guy in the back of the, the line, you know. I mean, he should have something going on in his life, right? Because the Bible says there's requirements and things of that nature. But just because you're a pastor does not mean that everything in your life is ordered, right? And hopefully, hopefully we'd all have enough wisdom to know that, that we're not following this guy who sings and preaches and all that, but we're following Jesus, right? Because if you're following me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to get you too far, you know, in myself. But if we're following Jesus together, yes. our lives are going to be changed. That's right. And if we're willing to maybe humble ourselves enough to, to say, you know, I'm struggling with this. I'm, I'm dealing with this. I, you know, I, I'm dealing with some anger in my life about these things that didn't happen the way I thought they would. And I bottled it up. And I'm, and I'm trying to process through that. You know, we have a lot of things we're not even aware of. I've been I've been reading this book. It's talking about how people just bury the anger about things in their life, and it comes out in other ways. I was watching the show um, last night, Restaurant Impossible, right? Have you ever seen that show? I have never seen it before, so I mean, I, I get it if you haven't seen it. So it's a show with one of the, the British guys always come and fix stuff, right? Um, the British guys that know stuff about food, they come and fix restaurants in America. They don't know nothing about food, right? Maybe that happened at your restaurant. I don't know. They haven't come yet. All right, so some British guy that's a chef or something comes, and here's some podunk steakhouse in Texas or, or in Arizona, and then there's some other, I don't even know what the other one was. I was kind of watching it, kind of working on the sermon at the same time. But um, it was interesting. Both restaurant owners uh, have businesses that are family. They wouldn't have been on the show unless if their business was doing great. Uh, and British guy comes, saved the day in a week with $10,000. And um, the issues that both placed were many, but the core of the issues were the owner. This is what boiled down the core of the issues with the person owning the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was their own inner problems, their own struggle, their own personal issues. One lady had anger issues. She buried these anger issues, and it was coming out in her restaurant in a lot of different ways. And she, she's like, oh, no, I'm this. You know, she tried to be the happy person, whatever. But really, there was inner issues in her life that were manifesting it out everywhere else. Mm-hmm. The other guy had, had communication issues. He, had, he, he couldn't communicate. He couldn't say, I need help. But he would scream orders, you do this. And he was like a former marshal or some you know, U.S. marshal. So he's used to telling people what to do. But he couldn't say, you know what, I don't know and I need help. So it's, it was funny that really the, the hypocrisy and the things that started coming in those restaurant environments mm-hmm. were making the restaurants fail. And those sort of things can happen in our lives, in our families' lives, mm-hmm. in our work lives, where we can't own up to the issues in our, in our life. And those owners didn't want to at first admit they had problems. It was always somebody else. Oh, come fix my restaurant because this person, that person. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line was, no, 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 it's you. You're the problem. And when they got to that point of saying, no, I actually am the problem, you know, to a great degree, that's when their restaurant actually started having some success. And I thought it was a perfect illustration for us this morning when we talk about hypocrisy. Because so often we want to point at everybody else. The reason my life has not been what it should be is because of that person. Or they did this to me. Or that this happened over here. Or whatever it may be. But, you know, we can't change all those other things around us. What we can do is be honest about our own, our own heart and the things that we're carrying around. When we humble ourselves, the Bible says God will exalt us. When we humble ourselves, he'll lift us up. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. Sometimes we spend so much time concealing our sins, our, our issues, our struggles, 
whether it's some major thing or just, you know what, I, I'm really angry about this. And, and, you know, I just don't want to tell. I want to put on the happy face because I'm supposed to be happy, right? I'm a Christian. I'm happy. But we're angry, really. And we don't process our anger right. We don't go through it. don't work through it. And it starts just spilling out on other people. And then our relationships start going south. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. I want to encourage you. Confess your sin. Let your sin go before the the throne of God. Sometimes we need to confess our sin to other people. The Bible says we confess our sin to people for healing. We confess our sin to God for forgiveness. When you confess to other people, you can find healing in those issues. The truth is this morning, you're only as strong as you are honest. You're only as strong as you are honest. In your life, do you have people that you're ruthlessly honest with? Maybe you'll never have the relationship with your mother where you're ruthlessly honest with her. I don't know. I would hope and pray you could. If she's still here on this earth, maybe you could. I don't know. But we all need somebody that we can be honest with. And we have to be honest with God. We have to be honest with Him. Jesus has no tolerance for hypocrisy in our life. Not when He has unlimited grace for our sin, but He has no tolerance for our hypocrisy. And we have no hope of maturing. If we live in hypocrisy, we have no hope for growth, no hope for maturing. We will be stuck right where we are. And honestly, we'll not just be stuck, but our heart will continue to harden. It'll continue to get more callous. And, and we will eliminate the ability for God to come and work in us and make us who he wants us to be. We need to drop the mask this morning. Whether you're Chewbacca, I don't know what your mask is. But drop our mask, confess to God, confess to people. You have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. It's really a much better, joy-filled life when, you know, there's nothing to hide in my life. Jesus has grace for us this morning. Lynn, if you'd come. The Bible says in Psalm 139, 23, David says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, Lord. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way ever, everlasting. Hypocrisy is not missing the mark. That's sin. We all do that. Hypocrisy is when we miss it and we try to create a show that we're the best archer there ever was. We're the best person, Christian, there ever was. It's the gap between what we show and who we are. You know, this morning, we don't close the gaps in our lives by... Somehow having a perfect week. All right, I'm going to get that week where I get everything right. I'm nice to everybody. Never have a bad thought. You know, I'm just this perfect. You know, that's not how you close the gaps. Not through perfection. We close the gaps with Christ. With Him being more and more evident. Him, His presence more and more strong in our life. We don't do it in our own strength. We do it in the power that Jesus gives us through His Holy Spirit. The message this morning is that, is that we need to stop trying to be a good Christian or convince people that we're a good Christian. And we need to spend time with the one who really is good. Rather than spending so much time trying to make this show that we're, we, we're, we got it together. We've got all the things tied together. Yes, we got it. You know, it was tough, but I got this. Yeah. But we need to humble ourselves and say, Jesus, I can't do this. You know, this area of my life, I've been with, I've been dealing with this for a long time. This thing keeps popping back up. You know, the, in this situation at work, man, I, I, I just don't know what to do. You know, with these people, I, I don't know the answer. I need your wisdom. I need your help. I don't want to 
I don't want to go through life in my own strength. I need your presence in me. He has unlimited grace for the sinner needing forgiveness, the sinner who says, Jesus, I need your help. If you would just bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. One of the most powerful scriptures and, and, and phrases Jesus said in the book of the Gospel of John was, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus said, I'm, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. The truth will set you free. I believe that God wants us all to walk in the truth in our lives. And to really kind of meditate on what that might mean for each one of us. Because that might look different for the person that's sitting next to you. Sometimes just having a moment, probably the best thing we could do is not just pray about it this morning, but leave this room this morning and, and maybe journal. Start writing down, what are the things in my heart that I'm trying to cover up? What are the things in my life I don't want people to know? What are the things I'm dealing with that I really, I, I'm a little bit scared of telling somebody. Journal about that. Write it down. Get it out on paper. That's a good start. Get it on paper. You can say, Lord, here are these things. I don't know what to do with this. Maybe there's things you've been carrying around for a while. Maybe it's just something that, that it became evident as you were doing that. I don't know. But say, Lord, here are these things. I'm bringing them to you. I need your help. I want to be a person of integrity, a person that is the same person I show as who I really am. You have to have courage to be honest. Maybe you could confess your sins to somebody like James 5.16. Go confess that to somebody else. And, and, and maybe in a small group situation. Maybe finding some folks that you can be, be real with. But I believe God's going to lead us on a new path this morning. You know, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, let's just pray together. And I just want to invite you as, as we pray. If you'd say this morning, you know, Pastor Sheldon, I'm with you. I want to be a person of integrity. And, um, you know, I, I can see some areas of my life where I might be trying to cover up, cover over. And I, maybe I've never even thought of it as hypocrisy, but I really am trying to protect my image more than try to become a new person. And um, if maybe you identify that this morning. Would you raise your hand and say, you know what, I want, I want God to help me with that. Is there anybody here this morning? Join me with that. God, help me with that. God, help me with that. I don't want to just protect my image. I want to become a new person. I'll become who you want me to be. Amen. You put your hand back down. Let me just pray with us this morning. God, I thank you that you have unlimited grace for sinners in need of you. Lord, you don't come and save the righteous. You come and save sinners. You came for the sick, not the healthy. And Lord, as we identify as people that are needy, I believe, Lord, that you'll come and meet us in that space. Jesus, I pray, Lord, in my life that you will help me to be more and more a man of integrity. So that who I really am is what I can show. I don't want to spend time trying to be a pastor, trying to be somebody, but to just be a genuine follower of you. I don't want to be a professional Christian. I want to be a person that loves Jesus because of all that you've done for me. God, I pray that for those here this morning. We won't try to be more than we really are. We'll realize all that we have is because of you. All we have is because of your grace. All that we have is because 
you have been so good to us. You've been so kind. God, you've extended love and mercy beyond what we deserve. Lord, you haven't put us on this earth to impress anybody, to be somebody important. You put us on this earth to follow the leading of your spirit, to make a difference in other people's lives. So Lord, help us. Help us, God. Lord, let this be a church that is a safe place for people that are hurting, a safe place for people that are that don't have it all together. I pray this never will be a church that's so religious and so full of judgment. But God, would be a place that opens our arms to people that are hurting. I thank you for your love. Thank you for your spirit this morning, Jesus.